uh, one scene inside of the house floor mm-hmm. where the officers are pointing guns at a at a door trying to keep those um mob and marauders from breaking in which was like just wow shocking astonishing that they got that far but quite honestly uh and i'll tell you that i i don't you know there's been a lot of criticism of the capitol police i don't know if i blame the individual officers as much as i blame the leadership how in the world did they not know that they needed to be prepared for something like this um but i think some of the individual officers um stepped up and did their job and maybe some of them didn't but the leadership clearly did not plan so that brings me to my next question then uh we're talking with minnesota attorney general keith ellison a former member of congress i'm i'm wondering just based on what had unfolded inside the capitol itself with an officer posing for a selfie does this have the fingerprints of a coup d'etat yes it does um as a matter of fact i mean if you look at the individuals and um they are known white supremacists they are known uh anti-government um uh organizers this is what they've been doing and talking about for years mm-hmm. and so uh these people don't don't they're not they don't believe in democracy they believe in uh power and so i think and, and if you look at the even the fbi has identified the fact that white supremacists are the leading domestic terror threat in the united states and their their numbers i mean you could any your listeners could look it up the numbers of hate crimes based on white racist white nationalism have been skyrocketing uh since the trump presidency and even before they did not like obama you know but they've been very encouraged under this this president in particular so yeah i think that they wanted to overthrow the government and they came fairly close so when you a lot of social media talking about and the main thing that I've been seeing on social media is talking about how this situation was handled versus the Black Lives Matter uh, protests uh, that happened and seeing all of the National Guard lined up and ready to go. And this was something yeah. that was that that, you know, was uh, expected to a happen. real threat. Exactly. Yeah. And so what do you say to the, to those people who feel like these two situations were t- treated extremely different than, you know, between the two? Well, you know, based on my life experience, it certainly appears that way, too. You know, based on, you know, my 57 years of living on this planet, it looks to me like the treatment was very different. Uh, we're protesting a longstanding problem in American society. Unequal treatment, unfair treatment, harsh treatment at the hands of official sources, state actors. Whereas these people, I mean, it's hard to imagine what they're actually upset about, you know, but they are very upset. They, they say the election was stolen, but the election went through 57 court period, court appearances testing whether or not there was false or, or fraudulent election uh, practices and no court found them. Mm. And many of those judges were appointed by Trump himself. So they just lost. Right. What they're really upset about is that um, they don't want to share the country. I mean, that's the real problem. They don't want to share the country. They don't want to. They don't want to say, you know, it's okay for people of African descent, people from Latin America, people who are come from Asian countries. 
but not African-American blacks. We'll use violence to impose our will on the rest of the country and obtain racialized privilege. That's what's going on. Right. Interesting. That, that, that's what's happening. It's interesting that you say that. And I'm looking now, uh, we, we, we saw the, the manufactured response coming from President Trump last night. I'm just curious, does saying come home peacefully exonerate him from uh, being a, a commander in control of those events that took place a couple of days ago at the Capitol? I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that, Freddie. My apologies. All right. So yesterday we heard Trump finally come out and almost say that he's conceding oh, yeah. the election. And so come home peacefully were the, some of the words that he said. But he's also the commander in control of that particular right. protest. Does that exonerate well, he took him? him there, didn't he? Right, right. I mean, look, he, if you look at what he said before they're, they're, the, the mob attacked and assaulted the Capitol. Right. Mm-hmm. Broke windows to get in and everything else. We all saw it. Mm-hmm. He, he sits them down there. He even told them he was going to go with them. Mm. Of course, he didn't go with them. No, he said he the lied to them again. But then, when he gives the conciliatory talk after it, all the damage is done, he then throws his supporters under the bus. Yes, he says, "Oh, you all are lawbreakers. You will, you will be in trouble for this. You know, you will, you will pay." I'm like, wait a minute. One thing about Trump, he loves nobody. Mm-hmm. He's attacking Pence. He's attacked. I mean, he, I mean, negative. Mike Pence, mm-hmm. who has been his loyal uh, little little guy the whole time, you know. Some might even say flunky. You know, I mean, Mike Pence, the vice president, has carried his water every set of the, every step of the way. Then he turns on Pence. So I mean, this guy loves nobody. You know, he doesn't understand the concept of loyalty unless it runs. To him. Right. But so, he doesn't have to be loyal to anybody else. I mean, I guess he does. I mean, people committed crimes for him, and he had pardoned them all illegally. Maybe that's what he's talking about. But he threw Pence up under the bus, and he threw his supporters under the bus. And that's that's Donald Trump for you. Right now, he's worried about being thrown out of office with two weeks to go. And so he, that's the only reason he actually said anything conciliatory. You notice there's probably eight or nine of his cabinet uh, folks who are quitting uh, mm-hmm. in protest to what he did, uh, and these people aren't that, aren't that great. You know, these are kind of bad folks too. I mean, Betsy DeVos is, is anti-education education secretary, you know, and she, that was just too much for her. So, so interesting how, happening. How likely is it that the Southern District of New York will bring charges against Donald Trump after the election? I'm sorry, after uh, January twentieth. Uh, I think there is a, a fair possibility of it, and it's not only this the events of the last several days. I mean, he's been doing bad things um, his whole before he went to, to the presidency and during and, and probably will after. I mean, look, it's, it feels like old news now, but he was trying to pressure and get the Secretary of State of Georgia to find him 12,000 votes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just a few days ago. And so he's it's all on tape. And so that that could be, I think, an illegal offense, illegal um, interference with uh, with an election. There are federal statutes prohibiting this, making it a crime. Can you help us so understand? Think- can you help us to understand this? When demonstrators here in Minnesota, in St. Paul, 
toppled the Christopher Columbus statue on the grounds of the Minnesota State Capitol in St. Paul. There were no immediate arrests at that time. There were no immediate arrests, or, or I should say maybe a handful of immediate arrests last Wednesday. So what's, what is the protocol when things like this, the defacing of public buildings and uh, statuary happens? Well, there is no single protocol. I mean, in one case, you're talking about federal jurisdiction. Another one, you're talking about state. You know, the bottom line is sometimes officers are just trying to maintain some order. Mm -hmm. And so their focus is not arrest. It's just on calming the situation. But you do know that uh, people were charged in connection with that uh, matter that happened in St. Paul that you just mentioned. Right. So, um you know, uh, that 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 does happen. People do, do end up being held accountable. And I, I suspect uh, they, there will be a number of people charged in connection with the assault on the Capitol. Final question. Are there two Americas, Mr. Attorney General? There might even be more than that. There's at least two. But hmm. the goal uh, that we have to uh, have is to make one America, one beloved community, as MLK told us so long ago. I quoted uh, the NAACP, if it is to be, it's up to me. How do we get, how do we bridge that chasm? Well, this opportunity, this this crisis offers an opportunity because for so many of our neighbors who are like, oh, Trump's really not that bad. Those people are just blowing off steam. They're not really a problem. All we got to do is stand back and say, look at this. And I think a lot of people who were kind of operating with rose-colored glasses are going to start really paying attention to the threat of white supremacy and white nationalism. And let me just add that white supremacists don't really care about white people. I mean, I know KMOJ is an uh, African-American-oriented community program, but I just want to be clear. It's not like these white nationalists are trying to figure out how to get white people better wages, white people better health care, white people better this or that. Mm -hmm. All they want to do, these these leadership of the white nationalism, is trying to get white people to hate certain people. Right. It's about it's, it's about power. Mm -hmm. It's not about trying to benefit anyone, mm -hmm. right? So Black Lives Matter is trying to make the lives of African Americans and really everyone better off, mm -hmm. whereas these white supremacists are trying to say to white people, support us, and help in hating these other people. But we're not going to do anything for you. What has Trump ever done for anybody? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just throw, he just threw his own people up under the bus. So this is important to note that they use that these people use this philosophy because they think it's going to gain them support. But the truth is, they're really just trying to gain power for themselves. Mr. Attorney General, we're out of time, but I can't let you go without asking uh, or just commenting. Three million, I'm sorry, $3,000 a day fine for the Alibi Lounge. Uh, right. What? Uh, what's next? Well, I mean, I hope they'll comply. I mean, look, the whole point of all this executive order enforcement is to protect people from the lethal coronavirus. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to protect people from coronavirus and there's over 10,000 restaurants and 1,500 bars in Minnesota. Almost all of them have cooperated. We've had to sue about 10, 10 different establishments. Well, th these folks at Alibi, they've been the worst of the worst. So we've, they, they violated the judge's um, temporary restraining order. And, and when you do that, we've sought a, we, brought, we brought a motion for contempt. 
The court ruled in our favor that they did deliberately violate, and now they're dealing with $3,000 a day. It's up to them whether they want to comply or not, but they're about to run their business out of, out of into the dirt by their defiance when they could have tried to when they could have made it through just like everybody else. And it's not just the attorney general's office. It's also the Department of Health, which controls food licensing, and the Department of Public Safety, which controls uh, beverage licensing. So they're about to lose their liquor license, their food license, and pay three grand a day uh, when all they had to do is protect their patrons and their staff by complying with the executive order. Wow. Wow. Two days left, and so we'll see. I, I, I wonder that... I was wondering if they would even have an opportunity to reopen with everything uh, opening and certain restrictions on Monday, but maybe they won't even be able to make it through. Well, it'll be their own fault. All right. Keith Ellison, I can't thank you enough for being with us. Just go in there and sue people. We call them. We tell them, look, this is what the order says. This is what the executive order says. You know, we'd like to help you gain compliance if you need resources. To keep your business open during the uh, uh, restrictions, here's where they are. And only about 10 people have said, we don't care, we're going to open anyway. Mm -hmm. And so we go out of our way to try to gain compliance. They just don't want to listen. So they've they've chosen their own fate. Seems like the bad actors uh, make the most noise. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keith Ellison, I can't thank you enough for being with us this morning on such short notice. And uh, have a great day, and thanks for being with us today. All right, Freddie Bell and Chantel Sings, thank you guys. All right, thank you so much. So much to cover, and hard job for Attorney General Keith Ellison. I'll tell you what, there's one job I do not want. There's a lot of jobs, (laughs) because we talk to a lot of people that have big jobs, and we know that it's a lot of work to be done, and you have to really be... Tapped in, to to say the least. Exactly. It's a lot. Exactly.